0: or fail to adopt by roll call vote a motion to approve the granting of the request. The statement of the motion in the affirmative by a member of staff is a matter of voting procedure and in no way indicates the recommendation of the staff or consensus of the commission. Following the action by the commission on the matter, a written recommendation will be made to city council. Anyone who appears before the commission will be notified by the city clerk's office of the date on which the city council will be considered the, considering the application. Beginning today, I believe we have some continuances.
1: Uh, yes, we do. I'm going to do the roll call oh, first. Thank you, Lenny. Um, Dr. Newman? Here. Ms. McQuellen? Here. Mr. Hales? Here. Ms. Austin? Here. And uh, Mr. Thomas? Here. Thank you. We do have requests for regular item number three, which is Maplewood Plaza. Uh, this is a rezoning application, an amendment to the general plan and a special exception for property at 1402 through 1446 Church Street and 709 through 713 Washington Avenue. We have a request for continuance from regular item number six by the Hertz Corporation to operate an automobile sales and service facility at 3323 North Military Highway. And regular item number three, Princess Anne Shell, for a special exception for the sale of off-premise alcoholic beverages. Uh, at 3502 East Princess Anne Road. The motion is to continue the items till the public hearing to be held on September 25th, 2014, 2.30 p.m. in the City Council Chambers, 11th floor, City Hall Building, Civic Center, Norfolk, Virginia. Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McQuillan? Aye. Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. Austin? Aye. And Mr. Thomas? Yes. All right, we will now turn to our first item for consideration. This comes to us from the continued agenda. It's a request by Five Points Community Farm Market for the following applications. A, a special exception to operate an entertainment establishment with alcoholic beverages on property fronting 187 feet more or less along the southern line of East 26th Street, 225 feet more or less along the western line of Fawn Street, and 105 feet more or less along the northern line of East 25th Street. Premises numbered 2,500 Church Street, Suite A, and 2,501 Fond Street. We have a second application, B, for a special exception, for a sale of alcoholic beverages for off-premise consumption, uh, essentially on the on the property. Uh, Note is 2,500 Church Street, Suite A.
0: Thank you, Lane. Chris? Good afternoon.
2: The two applications in front of you are one for the special exception for the entertainment establishment with alcoholic beverages, uh, and the second being the off-premise alcohol sales. The application comes from the Five Points Community Farm Market located at 2500 Church Street. It's located right here. You can see it's between 25th and 26th Street. Uh, to the west, you have Church Street, and to the east, you have Fawn Street. Currently, it is a farm market developed with a mix of commercial and industrial uses around it. And the proposal is is again to sell beer and wine for on and off-premise consumption and at entertainment. Now, the hours of operation are actually for the entertainment, operation, sale of alcohol for on and off-premise consumption. They're all the same. Uh, The proposal is to have that from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Monday through Friday, and 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Saturday and Sunday. The entertainment options that they're proposing for this are just a five-member live band, and the seating capacity is uh, proposed to be 108 total capacity, 34 seats indoors, and 44 seats outdoors. Now the uh, staff recommendation is to is to approval of the special exception for the entertainment with the off the on-premise consumption of alcohol, um, but the staff does recommend denial of the second application, which is the off-premise consumption of alcohol. Um, the reason being, there is a summary in the general plan for the Park Place area, which encompasses the Villa Heights neighborhood. Uh, there is a sentence in there about denial of establishments that sell off-premise alcohol. So that's, the staff does recommend approval for A and denial for B.
0: Chris, just for clarification, uh, I believe the PowerPoint had the hours of operation that were a little bit different than what you'd stated. So the correct hours would be what you stated and that's 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Monday through Friday and 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. Saturday and Sunday for the sale of on and off? Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. <clears throat> Any other questions for Chris? All right, we have a number of people uh, signed up to speak today. Um, It appears that all of them are in favor. I'll call first the applicant, Bev Sell. Come on up.
3: Thank you. Uh, Good afternoon, uh, commissioners. Um, I'm Bev Sell. I live at 3424 Chesapeake Boulevard in Norfolk. I am the founder and the general manager of the Five Points Community Farm Market, which is a 501c3 community nonprofit. In January of 2008, when we moved to the 2,500 uh, Church Street location, it was a warehouse. Uh, The electricity, the plumbing, the bathrooms, the windows, the doors, all needed to be done and redone. Um, We believed in the community in which we chose to locate and have our healthy products that we could supply to the neighbors and to the communities in Norfolk. I believed in the location and the possibility so much that I personally have put my home as collateral to secure a loan. In the last six years, we have worked hard to create a community venue providing healthy foods, a small business incubator, and a cafe. All of the small business uh, vendors located in the market are minorities, and I'd like to brag on them if I could just a second. Dwayne Thompson from Sabrosa Salsa Foods, he won the 2008 Virginia Food and Beverage Expo for the best food product in the state. Sabrosa Foods recently received a $300,000 grant from the USDA for, to do production. Leslie Cruz of Kabuchik Tea was a recipient of the, uh, the 2013 SCORE Foundation Outstanding Young Entrepreneur Award, the only one in the nation, and it was awarded in Dallas, Texas. Our market has has become used as uh, community events, such as poetry reading, we do health workshops, we do documentary movies, we have knitting groups. Uh, We also have organizations like the League of Women Voters who come in and do a uh, monthly breakfast with us. We have uh, really worked hard to create a great good place. So when our customers ask us to apply for an on-off ABC license, we thought it was a natural fit. Other markets uh, in Virginia Beach and in Williamsburg have alcohol for sale and sampling. Uh, we, didn't, we, we don't think that our request is unreasonable. When filling out the ABC application, I was very mindful of the Norfolk ABC task force that was hel- held in the year 2000. Citizens from across the city participating included myself. At the end of that uh, um, task force, There were three requests that we wanted to make of the applicants. The first was the size of the product sold. The condition is the second one, whether it be warm or chilled, and the hours was the third. The fact is that since 2008, we have had 35 special event ABC banquet licenses covering 72 serving days with no problems, no calls for service, no out-of-control drunken behavior, and no complaints from our neighbors. If permitted to sell Virginia beer and wine and North Carolina, because there are some great craft beers in North Carolina, we uh, we will not sell 20- or 40-ounce beers. Uh, We will not sell off-ABC cold. Only on will be cold. It it will be take-home consumption only for off-ABC. And the market closes to off-ABC sales at 7 p.m., and the only reason why the 10 is there in the event that we have a special event, and we wanted to be able to allow that. These self-imposed restrictions are more stringent than our neighboring 7-Eleven and the other grocery stores. Um, I think we have proven to be good community members. We've been paying our taxes. So far this year, we've paid... $16,833 16833 bucks in uh, food and beverage and food sales so far, and serving the surrounding neighborhoods with healthy choices. With our mobile market, we have, that, we have a van. We got a, a, a grant from the USDA to take a van into food deserts, um, and with that, we have partnered with St. Paul's and St. Mary's Church to provide weekly access to fresh fruits and vegetables in Tidewater Gardens, public housing, and also downtown Norfolk residents. Uh, both of those, by the way, are in food deserts. Currently, we are seeking grants and fundings to create a com- community commercial kitchen, which will help enhance food production and developing healthy neighbor, um, neighborhood markets as well as a food hub. We ask for your support in granting us this off-on-ABC license. Thank you. Question? A quick
0: questions. You don't plan to sell any chilled beer for off-premises?
3: No, sir. Not at all
0: and you don't plan to, show, to sell anything but craft beers? Correct. Okay. Any other yep. questions? Thank you, Ms. L. Thank you. Next, I have some another representative, uh, Diane Rafferty.
4: Good afternoon, Commissioners. My name is Diane Rafferty. I own property in the Rotunda. I'm a resident of downtown Norfolk. I'm a member of the Downtown Norfolk Civic League, the Downtown Norfolk Council, and I manage the St. Paul's Downtown Farm Market. Over a year ago, I went to Bev Sell uh, and asked for her help in starting the St. Paul Downtown Farm Market. Our goal, as Bev mentioned, was to bring, take 100% of our profits from the farm market and put that those profits into buying food for Tidewater Gardens using Bev's mobile food market. We now currently serve on both sides of the street, approximately 1,000 people a month. Downtown Norfolk is is a food desert on both sides of St. Paul's. I have eaten at uh, Five Points. I've shopped at Five Points. I have volunteered at Five Points. I've enjoyed the community at Five Points. I do not see any reason why anyone should be denied the opportunity to purchase local craft beers or a bottle of wine to take home, or to have a a mimosa with a brunch. Uh, if anyone from the, uh, from this council has ever gone to Five Points, you could see that I'm probably one of the faces that represents Five Points, and to be thinking that anyone would want to be going to Five Points, purchasing produce, a bottle of wine, and then sit around and want to drink a lot of alcohol is just ludicrous to me. So I'd like to just put in my five cents and support, Bev, and Five Points, and the uh, community this, that is created uh, at her market. Thank you. Any questions? Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you, Mr. Rafferty. Next up, the Honorable Dawn Hester.
5: Good afternoon, everyone. I am Dawn Hester. I reside at 946 Marietta Avenue, Norfolk, Virginia, 23513. Um, Mr. Chair and members of the Commission, I thank you for the opportunity to speak in favor of both requests of the Five Points Farm Market or their on-off services that they want to offer to their constituents. I am the chair of the board of the Five Points Farm Market and have been with the market since we were really in Five Points. Um, We had to move because we needed to grow, and this opportunity um, of providing service to to the region is very important to us. And this is, yes, just a next step and a request that we are making. We've also, you haven't heard, moved into catering. Um, And so to be able to have our own ABC on-off will allow that business to grow as well. Um, I did hear in um, in the denial of one piece, recommended denial by staff, and the the one sentence in the 2030 plan. um, I am certain that that was based on data from when I was on the council. Um, And so I don't know how that got in the 2030 plan, but I'm certainly going to work to help to change that. However, I do know that you have the ability to usurp that based on your wise judgment that you are able to make today. Um, Those decisions were probably based on when um, we were struggling in Villa Heights and Park Place and Lambert's Point. But times have changed, as you know, and those neighborhoods are much stronger. They're not as fragile as they used to be. And the farm market is a viable business on Church Street, which is one of the things that from my time on council, we've been working to bring viable businesses back to Church Street. And we have quite a few small business owners who are operating out of there and then moving out into higher and larger spaces of their own. And so I would like to ask that you support both of the requests that are before you today. Um, we will be good stewards. The 2000 task force um, that was formed was chaired by me when we set the hours and times and cold versus hot so that we could make sure that we took care of our neighborhoods and our residents. We will continue to do the same thing as a member of the Five Points um, our Market as the chair. Um, the last thing I wanted to say, I don't know if you all know what food deserts are, but you've heard it twice, and that's if you can't get fresh vegetables and fruits in less than a mile and downtown and Tidewater Gardens, you cannot do that. Thank you very much for your time and for your service. I appreciate it. Thank
0: Thank you. Next up, I have John Childers.
6: Good afternoon. My name is John Childers. I live at 424 Connecticut Avenue, Norfolk, and I'm the owner of um, MJ's Tavern up on Granby Street, and I am also on the board and prior president of the Riverview Village Business Association. I can tell you that when I need something, and I need it fresh, and I need something unique, I go to the farmer's market. I found out about the place after it had moved because they had the best ice cream there, butter, pecan, and now the odor dairy doesn't even exist, but it breaks my heart, so we can't let these people do the same thing. We have to have a place where we get good food. I consider Villa Heights and the Park Place a connecting point between downtown, between Ghent, Colonial Place, Ward's Corner. It's a high traffic area. It's a great place for people to stop in. I've been there on many, many occasions, not, not just me, but my staff. It's, it's, it's a lot of my customers, and I did almost a million dollars last year, customers say, oh, I have just came down from the farmer's market. their hours are reasonable, they're not there late at night, they get to have a life, which is something people who own taverns don't get to do, but it's my choosing. But I think that since they're serving it warm, nobody's gonna sit on the side of the street and drink a warm beer and they can walk an extra block over to a convenience store and get a cold beer if they wanna sit on the side of the street and drink it. I don't think we have that problem in the neighborhood and I don't think they will be a problem in the neighborhood. And I totally support both A and B and wish you guys would do the same. Thank you. Thank you, John. Next, Rodney Jordan.
7: Uh, Good afternoon. Uh, My name is Rodney Jordan. I'm at 2506 uh, Myrtle Avenue. I am the... uh, Immediate past president of the Park Place Civic League, a 20-year homeowner in the Park Place community, and also uh, represent my family interests on 35th Street, where we've been on 35th Street and Park Place for 40-plus years, and um, also a former chair of the Zoning Improvement Committee of the Park Place Civic League. I'm here in support of the uh, application of the Five Points Farm Market, both for A and B. What you have coming around uh, before you is one slide from a presentation from work that the greater Park Place neighborhoods, Villa Heights Park Place, Virginia Place, Dominion Place, and uh, Kensington worked on uh, beginning about four years ago, where we said we wanted to move from a collection of neighborhoods that were based upon what we may call a, a old normal of a social services based model for neighborhood development. We said that we wanted to compete in the marketplace, we wanted to be a neighborhood of choice, and we wanted to be a healthy neighborhood. And as part of that, in working with our uh, consulting firm, CZB out of of Alexandria, we said we wanted to change the model. So the old model was I received, the new model is I'm engaged, I compete. The old model was one of entitlements and dependence, the new model is of self-reliance and empowerment. The old model was wait for others, the new model is do it yourself. And when you collect those three things in a new model at the end, we feel that attracts investment. And so the Five Points Farm Market at Church Street has been a recognition, a culmination of a new model. And so it's also a part of those new norms is about rewarding performance. So often in what people call fragile neighborhoods or distressed neighborhoods, the tendency is to look for the weakness and to then go and try to solve the problem of the weakness. Our model calls for investing in the strength and then building upon that strength. And so having the opportunity for the Five Points Farm Market, which has been a great strength to this area, to now branch off a little bit, continue to grow and prosper, continue to invite people and attract people who may otherwise not consider these neighborhoods as a place to come and invest and hopefully become strong and productive homeowners is really what this uh, project and our effort is is all about. This planning commission has been very supportive of our efforts as we've uh, worked with Grannies on 35th Street or uh, O'Connor's Brewery, or worked with um, uh, Handsome Biscuit and others who have come forward, the LGBT Center, to look at issues around alcohol. I'm not sure how that item got into the 2030 plan because I know we worked very hard to change some of those dynamics. And I know the Civil League president will come up and speak to that momentarily. But we ask for uh, your support. We think it's going to be a great addition to the neighborhood. We think it fits with the model of investing upon strengths. And it continues to move our neighborhoods forward as an entire city. And in full disclosure, my older daughter works at the farm market. When she was 15, she said she wanted to be a part of it. And she got up and she went and got that job on her own. And I'm pleased to say that she's still employed there. So thank you.
0: Thank you, Mr. Jordan. Uh, Roseanne Newman.
8: Hello. I'm Roseanne Newman. I live at 1300 Bacher Lane in Norfolk, 23509. That community is Winona. Um, I really have nothing new to say. I just want to... um, Everyone else was far more eloquent than I could be, and it makes me anxious just to stand here. But um, I just wanted to say that for the 20 years I've lived in Winona, um, I've only gone through that neighborhood to get from my house to Ghent or... Downtown or to work, and the farmers market is a place I volunteer on Sunday and shop, <clears throat> and um, it has now become a destination not just for me but for other people in my community, which is the same community. And I want to support, I want to support it and the um, request for the alcohol, um, but I also want to have the community recognize that it is an asset to the whole area, that it's not considered just a place to drive through. And I'm sorry, but I get a little uh, adrenaline rush when I speak in public. So that's it. Thank you. Anybody have any questions?
0: Thank you very much for your comments. You did a great job. (laughs) Uh, Frank, Kristen, are you signed up for this or regular agenda item one or both? Okay, come on up.
9: Hello, my name is Frank Christen. I live at 210 West 29th Street in the Park Place neighborhood. I am the acting president of the Civic League and a board member of the newly created Community Development Corporation Healthy Neighborhood Enterprises. I come to you today in full support of both A and B on the agenda for the um, Farm Market uh, request to obtain an ABC on-off license. As a resident of Park Place, it has been my pleasure to visit, I can actually walk to the farmer's market on a daily basis when they're open and get my daily vegetables for my household and cheeses and meats and seafood and they just keep expanding and expanding and it's been a pleasure to get to know all of the um, unique vendors in there and um, try the local foods that they have to offer inside Um, Their meals are fantastic. Their service is outstanding. And they're a tremendous asset to the community. Um, As uh, Mr. Jordan stated, um, City Planning uh, had presented to us the Plan Norfolk 2030 last year at one of our Civic League meetings. And um, the line item, action item that states that um, We do not permit fast food restaurants and drive-throughs and businesses that sell alcohol for off-premise consumption um, is pulled from the 1990 plan and we had approached the director of planning at that meeting stating that we would like that language changed to be allowed to um, adhere to our current um, initiatives as Mr. Jordan has um, relayed to you. So we will be taking that issue up at a later date with the Planning Commission to get the language changed on the Plan Norfolk 2030. Um, As um, our neighborhood has and continue to promote business expansion, um, Mr. Jordan alluded to several of the um, new businesses that have taken up shop, and I will be supporting the next agenda item for the Croker Spot um, proposal on 35th Street, which will be a huge uh, boost in our 35th Street business district. Um, the last thing I would like to bring to the Council's and Commission's attention is that um, let's see. <laughs> um, basically, we fully support everything that the farmer's market has to offer and will continue to offer. It is an total alignment with our uh, vision to have a healthy safe community change the norms of the community make park place and the surrounding communities neighborhoods of choice and to attract the kind of resident and business owner that we would like to see enhance not only our neighborhood but the entire city at large thank you
0: thank you very much all right, is there anyone who signed up for this agenda item who I failed to call? Okay. Uh, any discussion or questions with the commission?
10: Mr. Thomas, I would just note that uh, in addition to the comments today, we've received numerous uh, written correspondence, uh, probably in excess of 15 or 20. Um, I would say of that, uh, less than 10% uh, was in opposition and everything was in um, In favor of this?
0: Of both on and off.
1: Correct. Thank you. Lenny? The uh, motion is to recommend that the special exceptions be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman?
11: Uh, I think uh, we'll remain a strong part of the community there. I think that our uh, dedication to the plan, our long-term plan, uh, is still uh, is, is still protected by, by moving this item forward. I think that that the intent was not to keep out uh, this type of uh, of business or this type of use there. I vote aye.
1: Ms. McQuillan?
12: I uh, also vote yes.
1: Mr. Hales? Aye.
12: Ms. Austin? I vote uh, in the affirmative, and I want to note that it is very heartening to see the kind of community engagement that is taking place Uh, in Park Place and the support for this establishment that will further the goals of your Civic League.
1: And Mr. Thomas?
0: Yes. We'll make that recommendation to Council. All right. Thank you all for being here.
1: We now move to the regular agenda. The first item we will take under consideration is by the Hanson Company, LLC, for the following applications on property fronting 137 feet more or less along the southern line of 36th Street and 100 feet, more or less, along the western line of Newport Avenue, premises numbered 601 through 609, 36th Street. First application is an amendment to the city's future land use map within the general plan, Plan Norfolk 2030, from single-family urban to commercial. The second application is a change of zoning from R8, single-family district, and Park Place residential overlay district to conditional C2 corridor commercial district, and pedestrian commercial overlay, 35th Street, PCO.
0: Thank you, Lenny. We have three people signed up to speak Frank, Kristen, Vernon, Fareed, and Rodney Jordan. No one is here to oppose. So, unless there's a burning desire by any of the three of you to come speak, we can probably move forward with the vote.
1: Okay. Lenny? The motion to recommend that the general plan uh, amendment and the change of zoning. Uh, be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McQuillan? Yes. Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. Austin? Aye. And Mr. Thomas? Yes. Okay. All right, we are going to move now to item number four. Item number four is a, I'm sorry, item number two, my bad. Item number two is by City Planning Commission for a text amendment to Section 1131 Pedestrian Commercial Overlay District, 35th Street PCO, uh, and the city uh, amending this. I'm sorry, to amend Section 11-31 Pedestrian Commercial Overlay District, 35th Street PCO, in located in the city zoning ordinance to revise certain development standards.
0: There's no one here to speak for or against. Does council or
1: commission have any comments? Yeah. Fall for the question. Lenny? The uh, motions are recommended that the tax amendment be approved. Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McQuillan? Yes. Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. Austin? Aye. And Mr. Thomas?
0: Yes, we'll make that recommendation to council.
1: All right. <laughs> now we move to item number four on the agenda, which is a request by Edward McCullough for the following applications on property fronting 167 feet more or less along the eastern line of Monticello Avenue and 320 feet more or less along the northern line of East 22nd Street. Property also fronts 120 feet more or less along the eastern line of Monticello Avenue and 140 feet more or less along the southern line. Of East 22nd Street premises numbered 200 through 213 East 22nd Street first application is an amendment to the city's future land use map within the general plan plan Norfolk 2030 from industrial to multifamily residential the second portion is a change of zoning from I1 limited industrial district to G1 Granby Monticello corridor mixed-use district
13: Good afternoon. Um, As Lenny has indicated, this is a request by Edward McCullough. We've got two requests here. We've got uh, an amendment to the general plan as well as a rezoning. Um, The site is located, and actually there's two uh, pieces associated with this request. Um, There is one piece that's located on the northeast corner of Monticello, and it's actually the feeder road to Monticello Avenue uh, and 22nd Street. And then the second parcel is just across the street. On the southeast corner of twenty second street in Monticello, um, the existing warehouses uh, there's two existing warehouses on the south portion or excuse me the north portion of the site, uh, and then there is a vacant parcel located on the south portion of the site. The applicant is proposing to convert the existing two warehouses to residential uh, and have some parking located on site. Uh, and then to convert the existing vacant parcel to the south uh, to parking. Um, Again, I mentioned that there are two parts to this request. The first part is to uh, amend the general plan, Plan Norfolk, um, from uh, industrial to multifamily. As you recall, I guess it was at your meeting last month, you made an amendment, um, and you created what we call a Granby-Monticello corridor in the general plan. Um, And as part of that, the text uh, indicated that that corridor was created to uh, encourage a transition uh, from industrial to both mixed-use and multifamily. So in that sense, uh, this request would be in keeping uh, with the general plan. The second portion of this request is for a rezoning. Again, it is currently zoned I-2, uh, or excuse me, I-1, which is limited industrial. A- and you look, and this side of uh, Monticello Avenue is generally industrial until you get a little further down uh, to the south. Um, and the rezoning would be uh, to G1, which is the Granby Monacello Quarter Mixed-Use District. We have some additional G1 districts located, again, f- a little bit further to the south, um, the Element, the Alexander. Um, generally, they are uh, residential, uh, large residential uh, structures. Um, this is the proposed site plan. Um, again, on the north side of um, 22nd Street, You can see Monticello running along um, the building to the west. Uh, You can see the footprint of the existing buildings. Those wouldn't change. They would remain as is. Uh, To the rear, uh, excuse me, well, to the rear of the building, I guess you could call it, or to the side, uh, parking would be established for the residential uh, as well as across the street. When we initially uh, were looking at this application, the applicant was proposing uh, two street closures. Uh, a portion of Monticello, uh, and you can see on the site plan uh, where there is kind of parking right up against uh, the, the uh, I guess you could say the underpass. You can see the parking located there, and then you could see some additional parking that essentially backs out into what is now 22nd Street. Uh, the applicant, as my understanding, is no longer going to request those street closures, um, but he is looking to do that parking through easements. So technically it would still be a street, and the parking would encroach. That would allow um, the, our public works does need to do some maintenance on the uh, underpass, so that would allow them to gain access to the to that Monticello underpass for maintenance. Um, staff's recommendation. Um Again, this was a tough one. We just amended the general plan to encourage the transition of this area. We would gain uh, the uh, conversion of two historic warehouses um, that are historically uh, significant. We would get to keep them in their current form, essentially. Um, However, uh, we do also have to consider uh, the impact of a residential use in uh, a, an industrial area with a long-standing industrial user, uh, adjacent, Koch. Um, earlier this week, we received a letter from Koch indicating that they could not support this application. Um, acknowledging that there may be conflicts between a residential use and a non-residential use, um, that was something we felt like we had to consider. Um, staff felt that if these conflicts are not adequ- adequately um, addressed, uh, these conflicts could result in some negative impacts. Uh, again, we just received that letter from Koch, I guess, earlier this week. Um, we are, as staff, n- not sure that these conflicts have been resolved. Um, and because of these potential conflicts between commercial and residential, um, we feel at this time that staff cannot support this request. Any questions?
0: Any questions for Susan? All right, thank you, Susan. Uh, We have the applicant, Andy McCullough, for Atlas Flats.
14: Mr. Chairman, would it be okay if uh, Mr.
0: Ottinger spoke first? Absolutely. Thank you. Richard Ottinger, going forward.
15: Good afternoon. Richard Ottinger. I live at 534 Pembroke Avenue in Norfolk. Um, I would ask for leave for Mr. Uh, uh, Hand to uh, pass out some binders. No problem. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Understanding that my time is significantly limited today, just wanted to briefly run the commissioners through the binder, the materials I put together. Um, Tab 1, the history of the building. Uh, These are pictures of the company uh, called George G. Lee Company, wholesale plumbing heating supply company, which began operation in the 1920s. Um, Page 2 is a history put together by Bill Inge, of the Norfolk Public Library Sargent Memorial Collection, describing the history of that warehouse, the one adjacent, the Atlas Cavalier Storage Building, as well as the related building, which is now the One Life Fitness, directly across from Dumars. Um, a little bit of personal background, um, my father uh, ran the business, bought George G. Lee Wholesale Plumbing and Heating Supply Company in the late 70s, early 80s, and my mother bought the building in about that time period. Uh, I worked there every summer and virtually every Saturday from the time I was nine or ten until I went to college. Um, second tab, this is what our neighbors say. Ghent Business Association, Mr. Enright, Vice President Vassel Nusbaum in favor, Boss Emmelman in favor, Thad Dumar in favor. Uh, there's one letter that's missing uh, that is from the operators of the Tattoo Parlor, which is actually on, adjacent to the, the subject property. And finally, a letter from Ken Trinder of EOS, wh- who happens to be located in industrial use directly next to Coca-Cola. So he is the next closest, next closest industrial use to the subject property. Um, tab three, uh, what does City Council said publicly? Uh, Page 2, public hearing item number 6, there was a text amendment that I understand Tuesday night passed unanimously 8 to 0. Tab 4, basic uh, project approval timeline, and this is important. January 6, historic district filing. Uh, Coca-Cola and all the other potentially affected neighbors were advised. May 27, public hearing. Again, June 20, a public hearing. City and Coca-Cola were both advised of these hearings. Uh, Mr. McCullough, throughout this time period and into uh, June, met with uh, city representatives a number of times on the Front Street project, discussed this 22nd Street project at each meeting. Never once was there any objection raised. July uh, July, uh, 14, a rezoning application was filed again with notice provided to everyone. July 17, uh, Mr. Henn met with Charlie Raymond of the, uh, the Distribution Center Manager for Coca-Cola. The only, as I understand it, the only object of objection at that meeting was the closure of 22nd Street, which was immediately removed from the, uh, the application. Um, August 26, if you turn to uh, tab 5, the first notification of any potential objection to the issue. And uh, in here are email from Mr. Rigney, 409 p.m. August 26, forwarding a letter dated August 26, 2014, um, suggesting some objection by Coca-Cola. The important thing here is that for seven months this issue has been on the table. It wasn't until the very last minute that any objection was raised. Immediately upon receiving this, Mr. McCullough and myself met with uh, two representatives from Coca-Cola yesterday, and uh, Mr. McCullough can go through exactly uh, the accommodations that the developer is willing to make to resolve any and all issues raised by Cook either in this letter or in our face-to-face meeting. And it, it is my belief that the objections raised are a, a little untimely, quite frankly, uh, and I'm not sure why. As I understand it, and, and the Coca-Cola representative can speak for himself, uh, I understood that they were going to be neutral. Uh, a- after the, the commissioners were seated, I reviewed a letter uh, that's drafted for him to present to uh, the commissioners, which says neutral, but they asked for more time to look into this. It's my belief that the time to look into this has passed. I-, I believe strongly that Mr. McCullough and the developer will be very good neighbors. This is a fantastic project. It is absolutely consistent with all of the other development happening both on Monticello and 21st Street. It is a bookend to both of those streets. It's a bookend to the Monticello corridor. The, the, the practical answer is if this type of redevelopment doesn't happen on these properties, as the owner of that property, the only thing that I'm gonna be able to do with that is tear the building down and build what people and light industrial uses, users actually want, which is a high-ceiling, metal-sided building, uh, just like big boxes, because nobody wants a 30,000-square-foot building, brick building that was built 100 years ago that has a 100-year-old elevator in it. It's impractical to use for anything else. So what do I have to do? Tear it down. And I don't think that is a good use of the building. It's a beautiful, historic building. Um, Next tab, six, is... Granted, it's older, 2007, but it's a study that was commissioned uh, by the city manager talking about the benefits to uh, the, the city from residential development in and around downtown. And what we've got here, the Atlas Flats Project, fits squarely within the benefits brought by residential in and around downtown. And finally, seven. this was... This was uh, the planning commission uh, staff's uh, recommendation that was on the website as of yesterday, which says recommends. So, uh, with that, uh, I'm happy to entertain any questions. Richard, thank you. Um, I do have a
0: couple questions. Um, while their objections may be untimely, uh, they do seem to be relevant. So, I, I have have you, or maybe the questions better for Andy, but. How do you see? How will you address traffic? Residents who are
15: running into trucks and things like that. Andy's much better to okay. speak to that. He he knows the design and all of that much better than I do. Okay, I'll, I'll hold that one then. Anybody have any questions? Thank you.
14: Thanks, Mr. McCullough. Thank you, Mr. Chairman and Commissioners. Uh, good afternoon. Uh, Andy McCullough. I reside at 1406 Eleanor Court. Uh Norfolk, Virginia. Thank you for the time this afternoon. I'm here representing uh I'm the manager of Atlas Flats, that is the would be the owner and, and developer of this property. And before I talk some stuff, some engineering details and things, I want I, I think it's important for the commission to know that our complete message is cooperation with Coca Cola. Um we have just gotten to know them. Better and um, communication-wise, I think Charlie was here today. Um, you know, w- we have talked about being good neighbors. We have good reputations as being good neighbors. All we do is historic redevelopment. So by nature, if you're not good stewards of things, you can't do historic redevelopment. So I, 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 we obviously have some, some items that we think that, that this, we can completely coexist from a logistics and from a markability standpoint, which is important. Regardless of what the code says, we got to be able to market the apartments and we don't want people moving out every year. But I want to stress that, um, and I've talked with Charlie about this quite a bit, that um, we will continue to communicate. We will continue to always monitor the situation of that's going. Uh, having said that, um, Atlas Flats is, uh, is proposed as 83 uh, market rate apartments. Um, it's a unique unique buildings. It's two buildings actually. Uh, Mr. Odinger's and Mr. Reynolds, which is 200 East 22nd Street, they're unique here uh, because, unlike some other parts, historic parts of the of the state, like in Richmond, there are several masonry brick masonry buildings with heavy timber structure. Um, a good example of this is One Life Fitness, and actually the same developer and builder built and designed One Life Fitness's building as well. That heavy timber structure and masonry is virtually non-existent now for the redevelopment of any scale in Norfolk. So it's a it's a rare find. It's a, it's a neat. Um, It's appealing to folks, it's appealing to residents. So 83 uh, market-rate apartments, they will be mostly one-bedroom apartments. There'll be 57 one-bedroom apartments. Um, We have one three-bedroom now, it looks like we might, and the rest will be two-bedroom apartments. We have sized the off-street parking, um, which we know is part of the development certificate you all have to approve, based on, we're the developer and owner of Riverview Lofts, the former Chris Pack building down at the end of Collie and and, um, Riverview in Southampton. And we've based that, we typically have found that it's it's based on number of bedrooms and a formula number of bedrooms. We have done this type of work in Norfolk, Portsmouth, Suffolk, and Richmond. And the the off-street parking that we are proposing now, and I can't tell with my eyes, oh good, it's not on there. When we had proposed a street closure, we had proposed some other street parking there between Coca-Cola and us, and we are completely withdrawing that and completely withdrawing, asking for any parking there. In fact, I'll address that one of Coca-Cola's concerns, but we have sized this number. We have sized this 14% more than what we know we actively use today as a formula of number of bedrooms we have at Riverview. So we think we have plenty of room and that doesn't count. We have six spaces for prospective tenants and our manager and our maintenance. We will have on-site management at all, we're open seven days a week. So while we have a manager on site. We have a roving maintenance person. We have security every night that comes, and they're on call as well. They're the first person that, that residents call versus 911 if it's not if it's not an emergency. To allow these these buildings are almost 100 years old. So intuitively, you would think they're already historic. They're, they, but in the State Department of Historic Resources and the National Park Service they don't qualify as historic structures. So as you may know or may be aware, um, Mr. Oddinger talked about, we filed back in January an application to create a whole new district. So all the buildings in the district could benefit. It's mostly in G1, um, Williamston Woodland District that was approved, has to go through the State Department of Historic Resources, then up to the National Park Service and Department of Interior, and that was approved on, um, on June 20th, I believe. That the district now exists. So now we have filed with the state uh, a Part One and Part Two application that allows these buildings to be contributing, which they will be as part of the as part of the district. So that would allow us. We will follow the the federal and the state guidelines on the redevelopment and design uh, of the structures. Uh, Mr. Onger talked about the text amendment that City Council approved, um, adding language regarding historic buildings. That's something that we had requested that be added because that was missing from the G1. Uh, the G-1 zoning. Uh, Specifically addressing our immediate neighbors, Mr. Otter talked about um, the surrounding property owners, and we have lots of letters from the surrounding, the directly adjacent folks. Obviously, Coca-Cola is the largest property owner, so their opinion does count more. I mean, it is important, no question about it. Um, When we met at length, we met with um, Charlie and his his, uh, right-hand person, Chris, yesterday, um, we talked about, for about an hour and 15 minutes, and we talked about specific in writing, hard, fast, whether you call them proffers or whether you call them just as part of conditions of your all's uh, recommendations or city council's ordinance. But uh, one of the big concerns, the two big concerns we heard, and Charlie's here to talk about stuff was, but and there were several, but the two big ones were were the traffic, how can we coexist, number one. And two, that we don't, he doesn't want us or our tenants in two years coming to the city and saying, hey, I don't like that 24-hour operation next door. We're a residence. You, you know, you need to please, the city, please tell them they can't operate 24 hours. Well, we are 100% would like to and will proffer that we can put in, we acknowledge it's a 24-hour operation, that we will never ask for that, and that can be a condition of, I'm not a lawyer, so that can be a condition of whatever um, you all may decide. Um, the second thing is with traffic, again, not only is historic adaptive reuse all we do, 98% of it has been urban infill, just like this project. We are used to dealing with lots that are shoehorned in. I mean, at Riverview, we only own a, a few hundred feet really around our building. Um, our bigger problem here from a logistics standpoint is really the train noise. Uh, the horns are very loud. We've done an acoustic study. We believe we can address that with acoustic windows. Um, On that, another thing that that, uh, Coca-Cola was concerned about was headlights and sound of the tenants on this side of the building, on the south side of the building. Um, So what I told uh, Mr. Raymond yesterday was, well, we could, and I was with my architect this morning, we could run those acoustic windows the whole way around. We put 0% uh, roller shades in all the units so you don't have tenants putting their own window treatments up. So we feel confident that that addresses the concerns of the neighbors. But the biggest thing that we do and, and we certainly could allow Coca-Cola to have approval on this is we put in our leases. When you sign the lease, you are aware of where you're living. You're aware that you're living on a train track. You're aware you're living next to Coca-Cola. You're aware you're living next to an underpass. And, and that's part of that's liability. Part of that is if a tenant would come back and say, you know, I didn't know it was going to be this loud. or I know this was going to happen. So I think we can address many of those concerns with them. Additionally, um, and our lawyers, I guess, will have to talk about it. I told them that, you know, we have no problem indemnifying either. That if, I mean, knock on wood, we've never had a a tenant file any lawsuit against a neighbor or any other things like that. But if they did, we would have no problem indemnifying them against something like that. I don't think that that would ever reach that level. We're trying to encourage pedestrian traffic. We are, as part of our site plan, it's very hard to see on this, even when you see it on paper, when you come out of Mon- uh, under Monticello, uh, out of the overpass underpass, excuse me, you kind of drop into no man's land. There's no sidewalk. There's no. You're just in the middle of a road. So we're improving that and adding a uh, accessible ADA sidewalk to tie into that intersection, which then ties into both of those crosswalks, which we think will help quite a bit. Also, by our traffic not leaving that way, we believe that eliminates. It's kind of a situation now when you hit 21st and Collie, like if you're coming out of Rite Aid. You you have to do a weird hook, turn, and get around. We're going to eliminate that at the intersection, which I think will also help the Coca-Cola trucks uh, maneuvering. Lastly, I know that, and I'm not a planner either. I'm an engineer. um, But uh, as far as the use of the area, and we will constantly, constantly be monitoring what Coca-Cola, any issues we may have. But I did the math last night just real quickly, and I guess I should measure it from our our property, not from Coca-Cola, but... Um, two blocks to, within two blocks to the east and three blocks to the south of us. So in three blocks and less, including the element that's under construction that's almost finished. So they're not in use, but they're almost finished. There are 741 residential units. So, you know, we believe that this area is already very residential, very pedestrian. You are well aware of the new restaurants that have come, and um, we will have a gate on the on this side of our parking, south side of our parking lot. So tenants to get to 21st Street Corridor in Monticello um, will just walk through the parking lot and walk out. There'll be a cipher lock on the outside. So they really won't have any reason to get in their car and drive to 8020 or wherever they're going. They can easily cut the corner off. We don't want them walking over by Coca-Cola. Um, we would, there'd be no reason for them to walk by Coca-Cola. It'd be twice as long for them to walk anywhere. Uh, We do believe, oh, yeah, 15%, 14.5% is our off-street parking. It's more than our current use at Rearview with 81 units. The renters, you know, renters are are, um, are, are are just as important from a communication standpoint. And the on-site management and our security that we do that we don't feel we need to do at some places helps them. Residents just want to be heard if there's, if there's any complaints. And I think that's why that I, I talked to Mr. Raymond about this quite a bit. And I'm very hands-on, I'm a Norfolk resident, we're local, we're not big developers. I mean, including this, we've bitten off a little more just because some projects, projects don't always happen when you want them to happen, but including Riverview, we'll have about $60 million of development just in Norfolk um, in the last year and then going forward in the next year or so. So it's, it's, we're very hands-on, it's very important for us um, to, to listen to people and our turnover rate is lower than at least the survey we do than anybody I know. Our turnover rate is under 30%, and uh, that includes the military, which is allowed to have 60-day outs And when it comes to those things. So I think that's a good measure of who we are and how we manage and what we do for um, our residents. So I I thank you for for your time and service. Um, I just want to stress that we are not here um, and will never be adversarial to Coca-Cola. I think that... um, Charlie and I had a great meeting. We talked again briefly today a couple times, and um, I am 100% confident we'll coexist and will not have any detrimental effect on them or this redevelopment or of our tenants.
0: Anybody have any questions, Randy, this time? Yeah, just real quick, real quick. I'm probably putting the cart
16: in front of the horse a little bit. Okay. Um, and we haven't heard from Coke yet or seen their letter yet, but I understand they're saying they may be neutral, but they'd like to have some more time. Is there a funding reason or some other reason why this needs to move forward right now um, other than you just want to get it done? Is there, is there something that says, hey, we got we to move forward. If we don't move forward, the project would collapse or something like that?
14: Well, we do have some, some certainly
16: momentum issues. We
14: delayed this already a month because of the, um, the text amendment for G1 for the historic buildings. Um, the, the critical measure really is our federal tax credits that we have to, I didn't tell you all that either, the plan is to have a certificate of occupancy by 1231, 2015 It's going to be, a, we're not, this isn't going to be dragged out. If we miss that date, they become 2016 credits. That's probably more information than you care to know, but so it's important for us to meet that date. I mean, can we still meet that possibly? But I do think that um, enough conditions could be put into this to have enough teeth that We'll do what we say, and Coca-Cola will know that we'll do what we say. And if not, they're gonna—it's going to be the opposite. They'll be reporting back to the city that we're not doing what they're saying, versus us, us doing that. So that's why time is a little bit of the essence. We're scheduled. um, If all, if if you all see fit to approve and we stay on this track, we'd be scheduled to start construction no later on November first. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. Thank you, all.
0: Richard Levin.
17: Afternoon, Commissioners. Appreciate this opportunity. And I really wanted to come down and speak on behalf of this development. Ghent has seen many developments coming and they stay, thank God. And we endorse this, the Ghent Business Association, wholeheartedly. Such enthusiasm. We're so excited that we were able to attract Annie McCullough to have the foresight to plan such a development along 22nd, 23rd Street, because it's always been our hope that through Ghent's success, that it moves down, and it has, down Monticello. It has moved down Gramby Street. It's moved over to 22nd. Before it was Colley Avenue 21st. Now we're 22nd. That's developing well. 23rd with the O'Connor Brewery and other developments going on. You know, we don't have to look far to see something like this as a great success. You can go 100 miles to Richmond, Virginia, and go down to Chaco Slip. And it's very similar. You have the railroad, you have the railroad tracks, you have the industrial. And Philip Morris and all these large warehouses have been taken over for beautiful apartments and condos. And they've been able to attract bookbinders, which is an incredible restaurant out of Philadelphia that's the only other location other than Philadelphia. But we need this. Uh, It's a bookend, as as Ms. Adams said, it's a bookend to Monticello Avenue. To be able to clean that corridor up right in that spot is important. I own the adjacent property uh, right at 2100 Monticello Avenue where the tattoo parlor is. I've owned property along the Monticello, the uh, former uh, Spaghetti Warehouse was my property and and other property along Monticello Corridor. It's so exciting to see, and I know y'all as planners and commissioners see, and you almost love it writing down and seeing that y'all are part of this. This project is so important to Ghent and to Norfolk because it's going to open up the other warehouses on 23rd Street and along 22nd Street for this kind of development, for the density that we need to fill the restaurants and fill the shops. So I just wanna share how important this is to the Ghent. I mean, I've lived in Ghent all my life, served on the Ghent Business Association for more years than I care to admit to. But again, we're hoping that we can get a positive and i know coca-cola is very important but you know what they will coexist as philip morris and every other major manufacturer in richmond that's in the slip they're coexisting beautifully and uh and i know that andy will live up to his word i know that so i hope that today we can get a positive move so we can have this for our neighborhood and for the city of Norfolk. thank you thank you richard charlie
0: raymond
18: Good afternoon. My name is Charlie Raymond. I serve as distribution center manager for Coca-Cola refreshments and office facility located at 2000 Monticello Avenue. We'd like to thank thank you for the opportunity to provide comment proposed on the proposed Edward McCullough application pertaining to the properties uh, located at 200 East 22nd street. At present, we are unable to take a position of either support or opposition to the developed proposed as we like to share our reasons for neutrality. With the members of this commission, as a threshold matter, it is critical to note that the support that we support the city's vision of future of Norfolk is outlined in the two thousand thirty comprehensive plan. We recognize the importance of enhancing our city's already vibrant neighborhoods and streetscapes with continued development efforts that embrace the fundamental notion and belief that we all share. Paraphrasing the words of the two thousand comprehensive plan, Norfolk is a real city that's a great place to live, work, and play. Furthermore, we also recognize that as an integral aspect of continuing process involves the re-imaging of existing corridors and communities into even more vigorous centers of commerce, residential use, and nightlife. The Montecito-Granby Corridor, where we have been located as an integral part of the community for 113 years, has been identified as such a corridor. We support the broad vision of introducing an increased mixed-use residential retail aesthetic with less reliance on automobile oriented uses. However, as the members of this commission know so well, the familiar idiom which states that the devil is in the details, finds frequent ap- a- applicability in the planning and land use context. It is th- those details that we, as perhaps the sole remaining industrial use in the Monticello Granby corridor, find some concern with regard to the Edward McCullough application. We we respectfully submit to the members of the Commission that the essential question is, in our opinion, revolves around how the 2030 Comprehensive Plan will promote the transition of the Monticello-Granby Corridor from predominantly industrial and automotive-oriented uses to a higher intensity of mixed-use development, including residential. This is especially critical in our case where our operations, fully consistent under existing zoning and land use guidelines, can certainly be viewed as presenting some potentially um, disturbing with residential development as envisioned by the current application and our likely future plans along with the Monticello-Granby Corridor. As an industrial business that operates on what is essentially a 24-7 schedule, we are concerned about the potential considerations and impacts that mixed-use residential zone might bring to this area. This location is adjacent to our property. Given the nature of our operations and adjacent residential properties, close proximity presents a less than ideal scenario given the truck traffic, industrial noise, property exterior lighting levels, et cetera. That said, we are concerned about future operational constraints that could be imposed upon our presence. In addition to some aforementioned operational considerations that could very much impact the quality of life of future residential tenants, we also like to highlight the critical issue of traffic patterns along thoroughfares within the Monte Monticello-Granby corridor. Access to surrounding roads is critical to our business, so we want to ensure the roads remain open and safe for everyone residing and commuting through this area. Given the current pressures and limitations of surrounding networks of streets and further traffic pressures current currently could uh, limit our ability to operate. For those reasons, we'd like to invite the members of the Commission to consider postponement of an action uh, for this application. A brief postponement would only would allow for further review of how our existing operations can be accounted for in the context of the proposed development. It would also allow time for engagement with staff here at the, the Commission surrounding the element of the 2030 Comprehensive Plan and impacts on our operations. Again, we are not here today to state um, opposition to this application. Rather, we are here to request a brief pause to ensure the members of the Commission, planning staff, Community and city leaders all have an opportunity to further contemplate how goals of the 2030 Comprehensive Plan can be facilitated in a manner that respects our history and our operational considerations.
0: Okay. Anyone have any questions for Mr. Raymond?
4: I do. Uh,
10: Mr. Raymond, uh, one of the things that was presented by Mr. Ander was a timeline that suggests that uh, this process has been underway since January of this year. Uh, but yet they didn't hear any opposition or any concern from Coca-Cola until two days ago. Could you explain that?
18: Absolutely. Um, I didn't know anything about it until Mr. Henn um, came to our office. He actually set up an appointment with me to discuss um, the proposed project. At that time, I told Mr. Hen a lot more than just city street issues. I just I talked about noise. I talked about lights. I talked about the fact that this will create a problem for the residents of the community. I realize it's a great project, but the fact is we're a 24 seven operation. Our biggest fear is that two or three years from now that the city comes down on us and says, you can't operate the way you've been operating for the last 113 years. So that is not true. I did not know anything about it until Mr. Henn approached me.
10: So so my guess is that uh, corporate held onto that information.
18: Corporate in Atlanta could be. And the other the fact is, if you talk to Mike Cutter, Chuck Ridgely, immediately when I had the meeting with Mr. Henn, I contacted the city as soon as I found out the information, the day off.
10: At this time, is it my understanding that Coca Cola is not being asked to change its operations in any way relative to this application?
18: Uh correct. Okay. You've
0: heard some of the suggestions of the applicant with regard to traffic. Uh, have you considered those and do you have any comment on
18: them? Basically, the Armstead Avenue area right now is already totally congested. It's actually an unsafe environment. I've actually had the city people out, Mike Cutter and Chuck Ridgely out, probably three or four different times to discuss closing Armstead Avenue so that we can actually operate a lot more safely. Right now, we are the highest accident facility in the country. We have more accidents within our own facility because of parking issues. Uh, We have over 100 semis that come in and out of that facility on a daily basis. We're one of the only facilities in the country that we don't have a fenced-in area. We have 24-hour, I shouldn't say 24-hour, we have Norfolk off-duty police officers that patrol our facility. Um, From 7 o'clock at night until 3 o'clock in the morning, I spend $110,000 a year on security because we don't have a closed facility. I would like to have a closed facility. We're, there's only two out of 350 in the country that doesn't have a closed facility. It's a unique place where we're at. We'd like to stay in Norfolk because of the uniqueness. We've been there for 113 years. Yes.
12: Um, there have been statements earlier about uh, dealing with the issues of light and noise. <laughs> uh, you've just mentioned the issue that you're not fenced off. Mm-hmm. Um, if though were you were were you satisfied or at least felt that there was some approach to deal with the light and the noise, and if the property uh, is fenced in, does that go some ways towards making Coca-Cola more comfortable with the proposal?
18: Absolutely. Uh, our main concern is once again, not that I understand that Andy is true to his word that 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 is his whole intention but the fact is those residents will be complaining to you as the city okay with with issues about Coca-Cola our biggest fear and this has happened throughout the country four different places throughout the country where a residential community is opened up right next to Coca-Cola facility and years down the road they've asked the cities have asked Coca-Cola to change their operational hours and that can't be done because we are 24-7, and we're operating trucks at 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, backing in trucks, lights shining in there. And Andy does have he's, – he's going down the right path, but the fact is our biggest concern is with the city and what the city will do if there is a lot of headstorm with this issue.
10: I think that uh, I speak for all the commissioners that – We value Coca-Cola and the business, and we have no desire for you to leave Norfolk. Um, That said, I'm familiar with Richmond and Chaco Slip and some of these other industrial areas. I'm also very familiar with Norfolk Southern and the traffic and the noise that happens there. And I don't believe that these residents can go to Norfolk Southern and ask them to change their patterns either. Um, So I think there's a compromise to be made. Mm -hmm. Um, I think how we deal with that compromise is the challenge ahead of us.
0: I agree, I got a separate question though. so change the direction. I apologize. have Have you made any headway in uh, purchasing properties or coming to some sort of condition where you have a fenced in yard?
18: Well, actually, um, talking with Mr. Ridgely, a few different areas of opportunity could be that whole shutting down of Armstead at a certain point, redirecting the traffic flow somehow to the new facility the new project that Andy is referring to. Um, also looking at the foundry that's on the opposite side of where we're at right now is now for sale. Um, our real estate people in Atlanta could get together with the city to discuss, hopefully expanding our, our, our property right now, um, which would actually help the whole situation with the traffic on Armstead. If we actually had another point of entrance into our facility. So there are considerations that we need to look at because our 2020 vision is going to be different than it is now. Right now, we're operating out of six doctors. We do seven million cases. We're one of the largest facilities in the state of Virginia, and right now we, we need more doctors. We need more space.
0: When did you start
18: exploring the
0: ability to, to expand in those areas?
18: Fifteen years ago. <laughs> We've had some issues with, uh, with trying to buy property in the past and the city not being very cooperative. Uh, the city's been very cooperative the last probably a year and a half, two years.
0: Is it city-owned property?
18: Uh no closing down streets. The uh, Last 15 years, we've tried to close down streets. We've tried to purchase uh, we, the old junkyard property. We were not successful there. Um, we've gone through a lot of different pains um, in this facility. Uh, the, the company, Atlanta, has tried to relocate us as well, looking at that, because they feel that if, if we can't be worked with, then we, we need to move then.
11: Have you tried to purchase Mr. Mr. Ottinger's property?
18: I didn't even know it was for sale.
10: Speaking to Mr. Ottinger's property, I would just say um, I personally uh, really endorse keeping a historic building and uh, reusing it and not tearing it down for something else. So I support what you're doing uh, with this development effort.
18: And so does Coca-Cola. And and don't get me wrong. We are in full support of this project as long as there are certain stipulations made to be a better partner with us.
0: If we vote on this today, there is generally about a month's time between when we vote and when this goes before city council um would that be would that be the requisite 30 days that you and mr mccullough would need to get together and try to get these things figured out
18: perhaps okay well, you're certainly willing to try oh to- yeah absolutely
0: okay any other questions no. thank you very much thank you um, we do have time for rebuttal um mr ottinger would you like to come up Or,
15: Mr. McCullough, you can apportion it any way you want. You have five minutes. Um, I really don't have a whole lot to say in response to that. Um, uh, I think that this use of the property is by far the best. Um, If Coke had known that it was for sale some time ago, I still would not have liked to see the building go down. Nobody wants to see that. Uh, There are, unlike Richmond, there are very few buildings like this in the city of Norfolk. And Andy's doing a bang up job finding them and putting them back to you. So will be there for another 100 or 200, hopefully forever. So that's all, that's all, really all that I have to say. Thank you. No,
14: I think Charlie's characterization was, was spot on. And I, and I know that just in the hour and 15 and the 15 minutes I've spent with him today, I know that we'll be able to between now and then if you all. Um, so, approved that to come to an understanding that he can be comfortable, and I'm confident that it'll be beneficial for him. Thank you.
0: Mr. Levin, would you like to add anything? And uh, Mr. Raymond, you have time to rebuttal as well if you'd like. Okay. Anyone have any comments? Question, Lenny, does the motion include the removal of closing the street? Is that already pulled out?
1: Yeah, that's not on your agenda right now.
0: Okay, so we don't need to amend what's coming for us.
1: Okay. Go ahead, Lenny. For a motion. The uh, motion is to recommend that the general plan amendment and the change of zoning be approved. Dr. Newman?
11: I do believe this is in line with the new G1 um, uh, plans that
16: uh, were just passed this week. I vote aye.
1: Ms. McQuillan? Yes. Mr. Hales?
16: Yeah, like Dr. Newman, I also agree this is within our plan and what we anticipate. we would like to see the area grow. Um, I would like to lean on the applicant to really go work with Coca Cola because City Council's got a lot more to consider than we do. We're looking, we're planners and, and looking at the plan and, and the way to do it. They've got a lot more things to look at. So I'm not sure if the argument that you have in front of us would, would fly just the same with City Council all they've got to look at. So, uh, you know, I. I really want to see this building stay the right. When we drove by two weeks ago, I thought it was a neat building. It's going to be a neat complex, especially for uh, young folks moving into the city. I think, you know, they're probably willing to overlook some noise just to live downtown, live near 21st Street. Um, so I think you got your work cut out for you in the next 30 days, but I vote aye.
1: Ms. Austin? Yes. And Mr. Thomas?
16: I,
0: I too, am encouraged by the agreement to continue uh, to discuss and, and cooperate between Coca-Cola and the applicant. Um, thank you both for being here and working so hard on this. Um, I think the city of Norfolk values uh, both buildings and both businesses, and looks forward to them being there uh, for a very long time into the future. I vote aye. All right. We'll make that recommendation to City Council.
1: The uh, next item before us is by New Hope Church of God, uh, Church of Norfolk, for a change of zoning from R eight single family and R eleven moderate density multifamily. Uh, districts to conditional I n one institutional on properties fronting two hundred and seventy feet more or less along the western line of Oregon Avenue and thirty feet more or less along the eastern line of Brest Avenue premises numbered three two, two, one, three two, two, nine, Oregon Avenue and three two one, two Brest Avenue.
0: I note that we have one person signed up to speak and a number of people signed up in favor. Nobody's here. Opposed I'll be glad to read off all your names Uh, But if anyone if none of you have a burning desire to speak we can go ahead and you want to go ahead Is it Norman James? Yes, come on
19: forward, sir. Yes, sir Uh, Good afternoon, mr. Thomas and commissioners. My name is Norman James. I reside in the city of Norfolk. I'm at three five one zero Hyde circle I'm here to speak on behalf of New Hope Church the New Hope Church family and its leader, the Dr. Calvin Durham. What we want to say today is we appreciate the commission's, we appreciate the commission for hearing us, and we thank you for doing that. We thank the community at large. We thank Fairmount Park, and we appreciate the support of our church's members. That's about it. And again, I'm going to be brief, and I only want to say again thank you because I know, being the eternal optimist that we are, you will do the right thing. Thank you again.
0: Thank you, sir. Your church is quite the asset to that neighborhood. Glad that you're there. Um, I'll I'll go ahead and uh, note that John Woodhouse signed up and would not like to speak but is in favor. Uh, in, in fact, all these are signed up to, to not speak but are in, are in favor. Laura Wilkins, Hoover-Turner, Linda Jones-Bailey, and Tamika Williams. Any comments from commission? Quick question, Lenny, does the uh, vote that we're about to take include the condition on five years?
1: Uh, yes, it does. Okay. Go the uh, motion before you is to recommend that the change of zoning... Uh, be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McQuillan? Yes. Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. Austin? Aye. And Mr. Thomas?
0: Yes, thank you all for your hard work. Thank you for being here today. All right.
1: We now move to item 7 on your regular agenda. Angelo's Tires and Repair, for a special exception, to operate an automobile and truck repair facility on property fronting 115 feet, more or less, on the southern line of East Princess Anne Road and 208 feet more or less along the western line of May Avenue premises, numbered 1139 East Princess Anne Road.
0: I note the applicant, Angelo Camacho, is here to ask any question, answer any questions. Anyone need to speak to me, sir? Okay, Lenny.
1: The uh, motion is to recommend that the special exception be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McQuillan? Yes. Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. Austin? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. All right, we will now move to item number nine on the regular agenda. This is a request uh, by the Birch for the following applications on property fronting 120 feet, more or less, on the southern line of West Alley Road and 100 feet, more or less, along the eastern line of (coughs) Orapa Street. Premises number 1231, West Albany Road. Uh, first application is to amend a previously granted special exception to operate an eating and drinking establishment. And the second one is to amend a previously granted special exception for the sale of alcoholic beverages for off-premise consumption.
0: The applicant Malia Posh is here in favor. There's no one up uh, no one signed up to speak against. Ms. Posh, if you don't have any burning desire to speak, we can go ahead and move forward with the vote.
1: Okay. Lenny? The uh, motion is to recommend that the special exceptions be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McQuillan? Yes. Mr. Hale? Aye. Ms. Austin? Aye. And Mr. Thomas? Yes. All right. We now turn to item number 10. This is the application uh, on behalf of Sweet Tees, for a special exception, to operate an eating and drinking establishment on property fronting 98 feet more or less along the western line of Granby Street and 169 feet more or less along the southern line of West Freemason Street, premises number 345 Granby Street, Suite C. I
0: note no one's here signed up for or against this application.
1: All right. The uh, motion before you is to recommend that special exception be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McClellan? Yes. Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. Austin? Aye. And Mr. Thomas? Yes. Item number 11, uh, this is a request by Torch Bistro for a special exception to operate an entertainment establishment with alcoholic beverages on property fronting 125 feet more or less along the western line of Oropack Street, and 40 feet more or less along the northern line of West Holly Road. Premises numbered 601 Oropack Street.
0: I'll note the applicant is here and does not wish to speak. It's Alfred. Rages. I'm sorry, I can't read that. Radis. Sorry, uh, Lenny.
1: The uh, motions recommend that the special exception be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman.
11: I want to personally welcome you to uh, Chelsea. Uh, uh, Very excited, obviously, about that uh, area down there. And uh, you'll be joining Malia and the Birch and some other great spots down there. So I vote aye.
1: Ms. McQuillan? Yes. Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. Austin? Aye. And Mr. Thomas? Yes. All right. We uh, now go to item 12 by this is El Deportista for a special exception to operate an eating and drinking establishment on property fronting 500 feet more or less along the southern line of East Little Creek Road, beginning 238 feet more or less from the western line of Wildwood Drive and extending westwardly. Premises located in the Wedgwood Plaza Shopping Center and numbered 1819 East Little Creek Road.
0: We do not have any opposition. The applicant, David Vega, is here and has signed up to speak. Mr. Vega, do you have a burning desire to speak, or would you like us to move forward with the vote? No one? Okay, Okay, let's move
1: forward. The uh, motion to recommend that the special exception be approved, subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Um, Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McQuillan? Yes. Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. Austin? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. All right. Next application is um, St. Germain for a special exception to operate an eating and drinking establishment on property fronting 270 feet, more or less, on the eastern line of Colonial Avenue and 365 feet, more or less, along the northern line of West 22nd Street, premises number 22, Colonial Avenue, Suite 5.
0: I note there is no opposition. The applicant, Tiffany Kidwell-Taylor, is here, and Richard Levin is also signed up to speak in favor if needed. Would either of you like to make any statements? Okay.
1: Lenny? The uh, motion is to recommend that the special exception uh, be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McQuillan? Yes. Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. Austin? Aye. Mr. Thomas? Yes. All right, we are just rolling right along here. Next application is Sushi King for a special exception to operate an eating and drinking establishment on property fronting 1,027 feet more or less along the southern line of East Little Creek Road, beginning 200 feet more or less from the eastern line of Woodall Road, and extending eastwardly. Property also fronts 1,185 feet more or less along the northern line of Flowerfield Road and 454 feet, more or less, along the western line of Shore Drive. Premises located in the East Beach Marketplace and numbered 4249 East Little Creek Road, Suite 106.
0: I note there's no opposition. Uh, the representative is here to a- answer any questions. Crystal Stump.
1: Right. Lenny? The uh, motions to recommend the special exception be approved. Subject to conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McQuellen? Yes. Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. Austin? Aye. And Mr. Thomas? Yes. All right. The exact application is 5018 for a special exception. I don't we need operate Operating entertainment establishment with alcoholic beverages on property fronting 110 feet more or less along the western line of East Princess Anne Road. And fifty-two feet more or less on the southern line of Halstead Avenue, premises numbered fifty-eighteen, East Princess Anne Road.
0: Um Chris, was there an opposition to this? Was there an email? I can't remember if this was
2: Yes. Um
0: Can you do a presentation then please?
2: Yeah, we received um, well yeah, I guess we'll just go over the application first. Thank you. Um so the application is for a special exception for an entertainment establishment with alcoholic beverages um, at 5018 East Princess Anne Road and it's at the northwest corner of East Princess Anne and Halstead Avenue. It's in the Fox Hall neighborhood. Uh, Currently that site is developed, uh, or the area is developed with a mix of commercial uses and residential. Um, There's actually some residential on the site itself. Uh, The Fox Hall neighborhood to the north is developed mostly with single family homes Uh, So the proposal um, is actually to add the entertainment and alcohol to an existing eating establishment. So for the hours of operation, uh, the applicant is proposed to have his uh, establishment open from 8 a.m. to 2 a.m. Monday through Saturday and 10 a.m. to 2 a.m. on Sunday. And the hours for alcohol and entertainment are proposed to be 10 a.m. to 2 a.m. seven days a week. Seating is 84 seats indoor and 90 total capacity. The entertainment, uh, he's listed to have a six-member live band, DJ, karaoke, comedian, and poetry reading. And the other uh, point to note here is that the applicant has agreed to install landscaping along East Princess Anne Road. Um, And that's also in the staff report. Uh, There's an attached landscape plan showing that. So he's been working with the Department of Parks and Recreation to ins- to agree to that and install uh, per their recommendations for the species and the heights and everything. So um, the applicant has actually already started that work currently. And the letter, so to get to the letter that we received, um, it's as far as I know, there is no Fox Hall, there's no active Fox Hall Civic League at this point. Um, it's still getting its sort of uh, base membership. They're trying to get the, the Civic League up and running. But the letter that you received is from uh, the, I guess, the uh, expected president of the Civic League. Um, so she, her letter is, is actually as a concerned citizen at this point. Uh, it's not the official position of the Civic League at this point. So I, but I wanted to include that um, because we did receive that within the last couple of days.
0: Did she indicate in her letter what her concerns were?
2: Yes. um, She's speaking as a a homeowner in the neighborhood, and she's stating basically that over the past 13 months, they've uh, tried to clean up the neighborhood as far as alcohol establishments go. Um, And I think there are a few members, actually, that are working with her to create this civically and kind of get it reestablished. Um, So her concern mainly is with... uh, per our conversation over the phone, she is a little concerned about the alcohol oper- the hours of uh, the alcohol sales from 10 a.m to 2 a.m seven days a week that was so that was her main concern it, she didn't speak to the you know seating or any of the specific kind of entertainment um, but
0: it, it was more of the uh, the alcohol sales
12: Okay
0: yeah anybody have any questions or staff?
12: Just one Rem- Remind us. Uh, this is in a setback strip uh, mall kind of situation.
11: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. How many other alcohol uh, licenses are in the radius?
2: Actually, I believe it is only. Let's, let's look at the radius here.
0: Loaded question.
2: One, just just one restaurant one establishment.
0: Thank you, Chris. Yeah. Um, you're welcome. The applicant, uh, Damian Wright, come on forward.
20: Good afternoon. Uh, my name is uh, Demain Wright. I live at 5573 Brickle Road, Norfolk, Virginia 23502. And uh, uh, what you have there in front of you is basically residents around the establishment that support the uh, what I'm trying to do. And uh, we opened uh, beginning of the year. And right now we're operating mostly breakfast and lunch into the afternoons. We want to expand to, like, dinner service. And a lot of, a lot of the residents I've talked to in the neighborhood have, have expressed that they would like to see me do the uh, mixed drinks and everything, the alcohol. I want to do poetry, comedy, jazz, different type of entertainment. That stuff just, you know, the community has expressed that they would like to see, and I think it would be actually pretty good for the community. A lot of people in there are more mature people, and they don't really have anywhere to go. So that's the type of establishment that I'm trying to create, Uh, a homely feeling where you can come, sit down, relax, and not having to worry about anything. So we're not trying to do a club or a bar. That is, that is not what I'm trying to do. Um, as for the landscaping, I've already um, planted the trees and the shrubbery, so that's already done. And, uh, I believe it's just a way for me to compete as a business to try to be successful. Let me ask you a question. Yes, sir. Um, what
0: steps have you taken or can you take to assure the residents that this will not
20: become a club or a bar and at 2 a.m. in the morning there will be problems? I've already started to uh, enforce security. I sent, uh, I've actually paid for someone to go to security training, and uh, so they're licensed by the state. So that's going to be one of the main things I'm doing is making sure there's adequate security throughout the evening, throughout the afternoon. They will be on-premises until everyone is safe. And, um, yeah. Do have any questions for the
0: applicant? Thank you, sir. Uh, Also here to speak, if needed, is Gabrielle Rappasardi. Mr. Rappasardi, would you like to speak? Entirely up to you.
21: Uh, good afternoon Um, I am the landlord excuse me for the property Um, I can assure you that this is a a responsible um, you just get your address oh I'm sorry 304 Twilly Street Norfolk 23503 Um, mr. Wright is a a very responsible person Um, he's made the property better Um, since I've owned it uh, gosh we've pretty much renovated the entire place made it nicer Our goal is to make it a nice place for the residents. The average age is, I think, over 50 for the residents there, um, and they all would love to see entertainment there as something to do. We have 17 total residents, um, and I would just encourage you to pass this. Thank you. Thank you. you.
12: I just have one question, sir. When you say residence, is this, uh, remind me, is this above?
21: Yes, the Is that, this is
12: essentially?
21: Yeah, it's a mixed-use building. Mixed-use building. Mm-hmm. There's um, seven commercial, and then uh, there's a fourplex adjacent, and then six other gotcha. Uh, residences. Gotcha.
12: Thank you. Yeah. Thank you.
21: And
0: also here to speak is Hayward Cuffey. Good
9: evening. How you doing? I'm... Hey, Cuffy. I live at 3123 Oklahoma Avenue, North Virginia. 235323513. Uh, I'm head of security of the thing. I also took training in security because I plan to open my own security firm. That's why I went there. I used to own Azalea Minima off of Azalea Garden Road, 1519 Azalea Garden Road, or Azalea Minima, in which I sold alcohol there, and which I have now sold in this tobacco and wireless world. So I'm familiar with. The alcohol, the procedures, and everything like that.
0: Thank you. Questions? Good thing. I realized during the presentation this is what I'm going to have to abstain on, so I won't participate in the vote or the discussion at this point. Oh. Okay. Uh, I just realized.
1: Is there any uh, discussion among? We're the ready for a
16: question. Ready for yep.
1: Ready for the question. The motion is to recommend that the special exception be approved subject to the conditions contained in the staff report. Dr. Newman? Aye. Ms. McQuillan? Yes. Mr. Hales? Aye. Ms. Austin? Aye. Mr. Thomas is abstaining. All right. Well, thank you. That is a 4 0 vote, and we'll pass that recommendation on to City Council.
0: And that concludes our agenda.
1: Hallelujah. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs)